Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that explores the great big wild world of tabletop gaming that exists today. It has been said once or twice, mainly on this podcast, that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are just too many good games that we can spend our hobby time and hobby dollars on. It can lead to a serious case of not knowing what to play next. And I guess that's the purpose of this podcast. It's to talk about the games that my guests and I enjoy playing, major industry events, and to occasionally talk to the people that create the games that we know and love. But this is not that podcast. This podcast is, as we like to say, and as the music at the beginning of the show would indicate, it's getting back in the saddle, so to speak. It has been a hot minute since this podcast has been on the air or any podcast on the Cast Eyes Podcast Network. And I just want to take a quick second at the start to say thank you to all the people who've reached out and messaged over the last couple of weeks slash month. Um, it has been the it's <laughs> i'm a primary school teacher and 2020 it has been a very long school year uh, our school year in australia runs from february to essentially christmas every year and um with shutdowns and lockdowns in victoria uh, i only just now uh got more time with my students in the classroom than through a computer screen and it has been a very long year uh and as such as we were getting everything ready for the end of year reports and i was trying to catch up with students and i was just mentally fatigued myself i just couldn't run the show and do that <laughs> and be conscious so uh thank you for everyone who reached out i am fine um it, there's been a few challenging family things in the last month or so, but um, we are back, and I could not be happier with my guest tonight. Uh, you know, when you get back on after a break, and there's been one or two breaks in the old uh, podcasting cycle over the last seven or eight years, and it, it can be a little intimidating to uh, pick up the mic again after a, a hiatus, but uh, I got to say, there, I, there is not a gentleman I would be happier sharing the mic with tonight. It's always good to have an old friend on. You will know this man from all of the Ghost Armies and uh, quite a few cast dice and quite a few other podcasts. He is uh, the, the Barry White of the Bolt Action world. I cannot be happier to introduce the bear man himself, Seamus. Welcome back to Cast Dice. I'm never going to live down the Barry White thing, am I? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's going to follow me forever. It That's is, okay. man. Oh, it's because you, 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 the sweet, dulcet tones, my friend. The sweet, dulcet <laughs> tones. How are you, man? It's been a while. What is going down? Uh, uh, like you, uh, you know, school has been uh, a bit of a burden recently. I, I, as a student, though, nowhere anywhere near the level of pressure that teachers are going through right now. But, uh, uh, you know, snatching 15 minutes of hobby time here and there is about all I've been able to manage. So uh, that's wrapped up for a semester. So I've got a, a little bit of time before I get back into that that again. And um, I've actually got my painting table staring at me right now. And mm -hmm. it's just a matter of where to start. I do want to touch on something you said there. Now, you're, you say, you know, it's nowhere near this, that, or the other thing. And comparing 2020, if it's proven anything, and I think it's important for all of us to remember this, and I have been doing a lot of uh, work on this with my students. God, it, it's not 
in the nicest way, how do I say this? It's not a competition. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's all about what you as a human being can withstand um, or can take or are happy doing. Um, you know, what's hard for some person is not another. It's not like one person does more work than another. And I also know that <laughs> as a father, as a man working full time and as a student, you are probably working harder than the average bear, uh, so to speak. <laughs> so, uh, brother, I know that you've been working hard and I know that you've been, you know, busy as. So let's let's not say that I'm doing anything harder than you. Everyone is uh, everyone's having a go this year and it's what we can get done. Right. It's how we can. Very true. Have a, a positive mental outlook with uh, the challenges that are being thrown at us, so to speak. And how much of our sanity we can retain as we come through it. Yeah, no, I agree. Sanity. Well said. Yeah, sanity. It's a little overrated <laughs> in 2020, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen to that. All right. Well, on said painting table, let's start with talking about some of the sweet, sweet Italian love that I know that you've been working on. Uh, you have been kicking out some pretty rad models for bolt action, my friend. The army that is so OP that everyone makes memes about <laughs> how ridiculous they are. The Italians. It's true. It's true. Yeah, I. Uh, it, it was an army that you know I had some some units left to paint in a drawer, and I opened that drawer and I was like, oh. Yeah, you know, it's just a couple of models to to paint there, and I could finish that. And well, you know, I just put this one together and finish that. Mm -hmm. And oh, look, hey, there's a yeah. You know, I always meant to pick up one of those plastic tank kits and check them out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so over the course of the last few months, I've I've slowly been adding almost another thousand points yeah. to my Italians, which were already uh, too big to play in in one yep. game. So. Um, it's, it's a little ridiculous at this point, but, uh, they're just, they're just so much fun. And, uh, when, when you've got a buddy who, uh, can very ably print, uh, very, very finely detailed kits for you, especially some of the harder to find ones, it makes it even more exciting. So cough, cough, um, Casey, cough, cough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so as, as we talk, I'm actually sitting here dry fitting, uh, uh, a tank I never thought I would actually own, but uh, when when uh, I learned it was a possibility, I jumped all over it. It's uh, it's it's called a Fiat three thousand. Uh, yes, as far as the yeah, most futuristic the name French. for the crappiest tank ever. It, it is. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's essentially the French FT seventeen, but uh, built by Fiat. So it looks almost exactly the same, and it's it's absolute garbage in the game, but it just looks so cool. Right, yeah, man. There's a there, there's actually a, a place not too far from from where I am, south of Chicago, called uh, Cantini Park, and mm -hmm. it's a First Infantry Division museum. They have a lot of armored vehicles outside that kids can climb on and stuff like that. And they nice. have the American version of the FT-17, and it was rather mind-boggling to stand next to it and realize that the top of the tank is eye level for me. Yes. Well, also, you are slightly taller than the average bear as well. It's it it's true, but yeah, it's just uh, you know, and and you can see where the driver sits and how small the turret is, and it's just it's a little it's a little crazy to think that somebody would drive into battle into one of these things. But right. Oh, and it is a two. It, is it a one man tank? Two man tank? It's one man tank. No, it, it, yeah, it's a two man. Yeah, the yeah, the, but it's the tiny. Of the, yeah, it's it's ridiculously tiny, but. 
it looks super cool. So I've got this because uh, because my Italians are getting to be so ridiculous now. I'm I'm building sort of like three phases, like uh, an early war list that I could use for East Africa, like the Eritrea engagements and things, and then uh, sort of the middle ground, and then uh, uh, some of the stuff. I also after my our, my buddies over there in the Chicago Bolt Action Group turned me on to the uh, Italian Death Ride, the uh, charge of the Italians and captured French R35 tanks in Sicily. Uh, I've got I've got some of those to add to the uh, the Italian army as well. So can't just drop that and not explain more. Oh my gosh, it's uh it's it's this uh, Mark Felton. I can't remember his name. It's guy on YouTube. He does a lot of videos about lesser known aspects of world war ii mm -hmm. and this one's called the italian death ride and it's the invasion of italy in 1943 it's in the the southwest of the island um the u.s army rangers the they're 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 moving into uh, a city on the coast there um as the invasion is progressing and there's an italian armored division and i use air quotes when i say armored division mm -hmm. that has these really just tremendously outdated r35 tanks and knowing full well that they're charging right into the the teeth of the dragon they nonetheless mount up and charge and you know uh the the offshore artillery starts dropping shells on them that are almost as big as the tanks themselves and just it slowly one by one the tanks are whittled down and uh the americans at first are just utterly blown away by the fact that these Italians are charging right into the thick of of their uh, formations with these really rubbish tanks and eventually it ends up being just one tank left almost making it to the coast and he just he just kept going it was the the tank commander he had been experienced in uh, uh, North Africa and finally the uh, the Americans brought up a 37 millimeter anti-tank gun and took out the last tank crazy so, man yeah, it was it was like just the space of a morning, but it's just this large formation. I want to say it was like 90 tanks, and by the end of it, it was just this one last one, and it was the commander, and the tank stalled, and the, the driver hopped out. And remember, this just, it's like a front-opening hatch. <laughs> so he climbs out the front, restarts the tank with a crank, and then gets shot trying to get back in, and then the, the commander tried to fight on from the, the stalled-out tank until he, too, was killed, so... Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, like the Italians, I know, get kind of a bad rap, uh, both in history and mm -hmm. in both action. That yes. just kind of flies in the face of all that. So for me, it's fascinating. And as soon as I learned about that, I, I decided I needed some R35s in my army. Yeah, you do. You need seven of them. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Bob, Bob Emerson took 10 FT-17s to an event years ago. I think, uh, I think how many R35s can you cram in? Probably five. Yeah, yeah. You do a standard uh, armored platoon with them, so you'd use your five tank slots for those. Mm -hmm. 700-odd points maybe, so you'd throw some infantry on there if you wanted to as well. But yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, I I love the big tanks. They're one of the first things that attract people to mm -hmm. world. And you know, seeing a tiger on the table is just awesome. Right. But I I don't know why the the deeper I get into bolt action after all these years, the more I love these just garbage little tanks. Yeah. Well, both of us have played Japanese long enough to uh to uh, develop a love of the rubbish little tank. Yes.
Yes. I, I, I would almost dare say that some of the Japanese tanks are even better than the Italians. <laughs> Look, and, and, and yeah, and, and because it is an infantry-based game, this has been talked about forever. I, I'm hardly dropping a hot take on us here, but because bolt action is so... Uh, so infantry focused that those crappy little tanks festooned with you know mmgs of course are the new hotness and everyone absolutely loves them mm -hmm. uh, because they're so efficient for the points and uh, it is funny that for being one of the most maligned nations in bolt action as far as national rules goes um, that are largely poo-pooed by uh, competitive players uh, they do I, I got i here's my hot take italians have the best tanks in the game uh, hands down, and so you just look at that and go, yeah, maybe they're not so bad, kids. Anyway, yeah, there's a uh, there's a store that used to be in the Chicago area, and a guy that played there regularly ran Italians. He had a, a paratroopers army with mm -hmm. one of the the M fifteen forty two, the one with the five MMGs, I think it is. Yep, and uh, and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like the the you know, the, the negative side of power gaming. He just, yeah. you know, he liked to play the game and, yeah. and, and he liked to win. And he had that list dialed in perfectly and yeah. would usually take on all comers and uh, defeat them in turn. So, yeah, man. Plus the impressive. Felgore are hardly, you know, they're a serious army list. I know that, you know, yeah. people are thinking, oh, Italians, but it Italian paratroopers, man. Woo, not bad. Yes. yes. For my money, though, it's got to be the Brasalieri. Oh, you want to put those feathers in your hat? You can go for it, buddy. I do. I do. They're so cool. Yep. I'm actually uh, still very slowly, obviously, with school going on, but I've been reading my uh, uh, Iron Holes, Iron Hearts mm -hmm. book about uh, armored divisions in North Africa. And yeah, it's just the some of the things that the Brasalieri were pulling off in the desert uh, uh, alongside the armored divisions is just uh, amazing to read. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've got, uh, you know, in continuing on with my motif of more Italians than I'll ever need, I uh, <laughs> purchased a few more so I could do just a, a platoon of Bersaglieri when the time comes. Yeah, when you said earlier, yeah, I just had a couple, I wanted to paint a couple of Italians. Uh, I heard Morgan Freeman's voice saying it was not a couple of Italians. <laughs> it's true. Yes. I've got, I've got two artillery crews, another... Uh, Elephantino and a tank gun, another MMG team, and a solo third and anti-tank rifle mm -hmm. all on the table here. Yeah, I feel like you need more medium machine gun teams just to trigger people. I think that would be great. Well, well because of the Western Desert book, there are some of the lists where you can take two mm -hmm. of the Elephantinos with the MMGs. So that's why I'm painting the second one is just to have those options because, uh, uh, you know, when we could start playing a little more regularly in person, Mm -hmm. With our, our fellow gamers, I definitely want to get some more uh, Italians on the table and really kick the tires, so to speak. Hey. I think there's a lot of fun things to do with them. Yeah, man, right on. Well, I guess that brings um, – I'm glad you said that because that segues nicely to um, – uh, we in Melbourne have been locked down, and I've mentioned this earlier, a lot this year. I mean, we had hard restrictions, curfew, um, everything was closed, couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything couldn't see anyone outside of the people you live in your house. And so that led to, I know a lot of people being bummed out that they couldn't play in games. Um, and now that the seasons have reversed, um, you know, the Northern hemisphere events are being canceled left, right, and center in North America and in Europe. 
and Australia is sort of opening up a little. Um, but all of that aside, getting games this year has been kind of challenging. I realized the other day that I've played exactly three games since February, um, which for me is on the low side. Uh, but I've played one since lockdown lifted in Melbourne, mainly because of work. But I haven't been playing much. I did play a wonderful game mm-hmm. of Star Wars 7TV, which was using the 7TV rules in my Star Wars Legion models with uh, my co-host on the uh, Beyond the Fifth Marker podcast, Drew. And that was a great game. It was a lot of fun to be able to use Legion models in another way, not to mention being able to bring things like Jawas into the game and you know fun yeah. stuff like that. But have you... Have you been playing games? I know you have children who like to play games um, with you, like the Harry Potter game. Um, Is there anything that you've been able to really play this year? I guess as the really long lead up to a very simple question. Have you been playing games? (laughs) Yes. I think I've played probably three games this year. Nice. Uh, Yeah, there you go. I think, yeah, earlier on in the year, right before everything kind of froze in time, Mm -hmm. um, I did did get some Wings of Glory in with some friends. And, uh, you know... For as basic a game as that is, I love it. I absolutely love that game. So uh, I got to play one of those. Uh, I did play a little bit of Harry Potter over the summer with the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I had finally painted some new models, so I wanted to get them on the table. Uh, well, <laughs> once again, the Slytherins lost. It's weird. I think they want the good guys to win in that game. Mm. <laughs> Either that or I just suck. There's <laughs> that, <might laughs> that too. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and then I did. Uh, we did a socially res- socially distanced responsible bolt action game. Uh, I got to play a dream game of my Italians versus my buddy Tom's mm-hmm. uh, North Africa Americans. So just a, a sort of a horde of olive drab inexperienced troops, and uh, it, it was it was so much fun. Uh, we, we, we got it so that, we, you know, I played core, core rules for them. So I had the, the, the negative rules to, mm-hmm. to worry about, but, um, we, we kind of set it up to try it out. And so I got to have the fixed positions. He didn't get to mm-hmm. run on the first turn and, uh, it was, it was kind of a nail biter, but a lot of, a lot of cool moments. Um, I lost. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. So winning, yeah, those, losing those the only doesn't matter. It's all about the good time. Now it's true. You you had new terrain for your table for that, right? Am I making that up? Yeah, some. Yeah, I've I've had little bits and pieces of his desert table for a while, but mm-hmm. uh, um, finally actually putting it all together and using it as a, a a Tunisia table was breathtaking to see it all in one place. Yeah, man. Adding to it to make it a little a little more uh, spicy, if you will, but. Yes. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing like, uh, nothing like a good table to really get the the hobby mojo going. Amen, brother. Well, I've kind of been doing that too. Um, so when our lockdown was on the verge of ending, I took a, a good hard look at my priorities. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I looked at my unpainted model list and cried a little bit, and then realized <laughs> there are some things I absolutely wanted to get done and had not done. And while I've been working on my G.I. Joe bolt-action army and my Cobra bolt-action army sort of most of this year, 
I've also slowly been ticking out a few models for Marvel Crisis Protocol, and I've been really <laughs> wanting to play that. And I just couldn't get motivated. I was having trouble with the scale. For some reason, jumping from bolt action to Star Wars Legion scale was really easy for me. And I really love painting Skullforge models in particular. Just something about that scale, something about the way that Jordan sculpts. I love playing and painting. Sorry, I love painting and converting those models. And was thinking, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol, just a tiny bit bigger. This is going to be great. And then I painted my first couple and went, oh my God, I hate this. I just hate painting the scale. And I just couldn't mentally get my head around it. So mm. I kept picking things up and putting them down, picking things up and putting them down. And the model that I kept working on all year was the Hulk. And I kept, you know, I, I, I poured hours into the model and I hated it. And so it was like, all right, I'm going to put this down before I, I don't want to play this game. And um, for me the best way back into it because I knew I wanted to do it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to start with a bit that I kind of feel motivated to paint that I never feel motivated to paint, which is the terrain. And so I had a couple of TT combat um, terrain pieces, uh, a subway entrance. Uh, I had a couple of bus stops. Plus I had the, the train from the core set plus a few other bits and pieces. And so I started painting those up bit by bit. And that really got me jazzed. Um, you know, playing around with some some new sponging techniques in ways that I don't usually sponge. Um, thanks, Patch, for tutorials. Mm -hmm. uh, plus, you know, playing around with washes and some extreme highlights, and plus getting to you know paint street lights like jewels and um, getting to detail paint cars and garbage trucks and all that, and was really getting into it. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to pick up a couple models and then picked up a couple and started ticking them and over. And then a couple more and then a couple more. Yep. And uh, Morgan Freeman said in the background, he did not pick up a couple of models. <laughs> it was not just, just a, couple a couple of, of models. models. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I finally have enough to, because in Marvel Crisis Protocol, you pick 10 characters. They can be villains. They can be uh, sorry, heroes. It could be any kind of model. You just pick 10 of them. And then when you sit down to play, you figure out what the missions are by flipping cards. And so uh, a bit like Star Wars Legion, there's almost like a bidding process, although it's more random draw, I guess, is how to say that. Um, but you don't know how many points you're playing and you don't know the scenario when you go into it. You just have 10 models to pick from. So it's almost like rather than having an entire army list to pick from, if we're gonna use bolt action as an example, you have a very narrow uh, amount of forces to pull from. But then once you, once you get your mission, then you can pull from that list. And so you need to have at least 10 models to quote unquote play properly. And I had five and went, <laughs> so I'm now up to, I think 11, um, but I'm hoping that by the end of the school year slash 2020, I will have 10 Avengers painted. And I'm hoping to have most of maybe seven or eight villains on top. So my goal is maybe, I was saying 10 Avengers and 10 villains, but I, I don't know if I'm going to hit that. Uh, mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, plus, I know I have the X-Men under the Christmas tree. 
So yeah, very excited. Still haven't played it uh, with another human oh, being. Oh gosh, I've been playing Brad. with myself, and I know that sounds weird to say. Um, and just to keep up with the rules during lockdown, but um, I now have a couple people I can play with, and so I'm very excited. Uh, and we've lined up a game for next week. So for me, I just need to put the finishing touches on my garbage truck, and uh, you know maybe uh, finish painting Hawkeye and Ant Man and. Thor's looking a little daunting, but, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what we get to. Um, and yeah, man, but Seamus, you've also been a little Marvel crisis protocol curious. Is that right? Yeah, no. So it's actually funny talking about that. I, I realized, uh, so I have played three quarters of a game, uh, and, and, and I realized I have to add that to the list of games that I did play because it was mm. Super Bowl Sunday here in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anybody who knows me, perhaps heretically, um, I'm not, I don't follow American football as much. If you want to talk about Premier League soccer, I'm mm-hmm. your man. But uh, So a buddy of mine had a game day, just invited a bunch of friends over, brought a bunch of random games. And a guy who did demos for Atomic Mass brought his whole setup. And I mean, he's got like um, train, like the really mm-hmm. expensive train scale like fully lit buildings, uh, nice. helicopter with rotating uh, rotors. And oh. so I got to play part of a game on that. And that I was hooked. Right. Uh, and, and I've got a, my, my very close friend here, Tyler, uh, my, my partner in crime for all things miniatures games. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is just as much of a comic book nerd as I am. So he went out and, I think he bought it the next day. Maybe it was a couple of days, but yeah. sent me a text message. It's, you know, it, it always starts with the dot, 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 mistakes were made. <laughs> and he showed, you know, yep. core box. And yes. Yeah. It, so he's been paying through that. And, um, you know, obviously I love the Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sh- short, short of that Darth Vader scene in Rogue One, they yes. are cinematically some of the best things that have been done. Um, and, and it's, it's great, but, uh, mm-hmm. You know, watching my buddy paint through all his uh, crisis protocol models and, and watching the releases come out. And I, I grew up on X-Men. And as I see mm-hmm. those models starting to come out and they're starting to hint at some of the ones that are coming. Mr. Sinister. Uh, and, and juggernaut. juggernaut. Oh, my gosh. Brad. Yes. Yeah. So, right? yeah. So I and we were joking about that with uh, Casey today. Yes, it's, we it's only a matter of time before uh before x-men start showing up on my painting table because <laughs> yes it's there's there's no way like you know the brotherhood of mutants mm-hmm. the blue team gold team all that stuff um uh, you know yeah. i i started watching some more videos like unboxing videos i don't normally watch unboxing videos it's Ditto. weird to me yeah <laughs> it's like all right so what does wolverine do what does magneto do yeah Toad looks like he sucks. Does he really suck in this game? And hashtag no, yeah. he doesn't. No, he yeah, doesn't. No. And yeah. yeah, the the tactical things that he offers is is fascinating. And right. Yeah, so I I, I know for sure that the the X Men will be on my table soon. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, as they start releasing more of the Brotherhood, like you know, I'd love to see the Blob out there. I'd love yes. to see. Yeah, more of the Gold Team like Colossus and mm-hmm. uh, Nightcrawler. I'd love to see him out Rogue. there. So. Yes. Yeah. I, well, and I think too the the team card for Cyclops lists Rogue and Gambit, right? The rest yes, of the rest of the team. So, mm-hmm. 
I'm thinking it's only a matter of time, and it just, uh, yeah, the 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 geek is strong. So yeah, man. And I, from what, from just having played around with it, and from <clears throat> watch watching some battle reports and talking to people who've been playing it, it just seems like look, one of the things that I really like, I was initially super excited about was, as you say, bringing comic books and you know the MCU and all the things that we loved growing up to life. Like it just seems awesome. But then I was listening to a lot of the podcasts and like, yeah, great, I'm super excited for this. Cause as a podcast slash gaming addict, um, I feed one by listening to the other. And yes. it, it a lot, and I mean a lot of the podcasts for MCP are super competitive focus like let's talk about the meta let's talk about all the Mm -hmm. you know this is good this isn't good this is why this isn't good and i'm just listening going this is not what i want from this game um but then i heard a couple of i figured out there's a couple who you know have a a little more narrative swing to it but then you know Mm. people talk about you know really they're splitting hairs on what's efficient what isn't and a lot of them is coming because a lot of the guys in the mc P design studio came from War Machine, and so a lot of guys came across. So they're used to the, having that conversation. But a couple of, I believe it was House Party Protocol, which is one of my favorites to listen to for MCP. They, though there is a lot of talk of synergies and you know efficiencies and c- competitive play, the meta. Um, they were like one of the guy who runs it said, "Yeah, uh, you know." Most people who play this don't play it competitively. Most people who play mm-hmm. this play it for fun. And the best part about this is while we talk about the meta, um, it is a game that is really generally very well balanced. So you can play and have fun because no mm-hmm. one's getting blown off the table. And on top of that, they've done a very good job of taking characters from the page and the movie screen and representing them on the tabletop. And yes. that's right. And that's when it, yes. the trigger really clicked in my head. And that may have been the day I started painting a bus stop, but you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you, you know, watching your progress on that garbage truck and knowing how much trouble you've had with the Hulk. Ugh. I'm telling you, Brad, just wait until that game where Hulk picks up that right? garbage truck and throws it at somebody. Yes. Can't that was that was the hook for me. I had yeah. uh, I had uh, Captain Marvel, Captain America, mm-hmm. uh, Crossbones, yes. and somebody else. I don't remember, but uh, I I was fighting my buddy's Ultron, and Captain America's you know deflecting the shield mm-hmm. off of the bad guys, you know, and and then Captain Marvel just she goes binary, picks up a vehicle, and wings it at Ultron, and it was just like, oh, this is so cool, right? Uh, the interaction with terrain and the way you have to mix objectives and uh you know actually focusing on what your enemy's doing it's mm-hmm. it's super super creative so it's been fun man and for me i as a kid i didn't read the avengers comics i read i always bought the avengers annual because the avengers annual tied to the west coast avengers team and i read the west coast avengers because i was a massive iron man fan and mm-hmm. so I, I was a you know, Cap fan and Iron Man fan. And Cap, though Cap was largely the original Avengers team in the 80s when I was reading the book, um, Iron Man was one of the founding, or was, if it wasn't the founding, he was very quickly ported over to the West Coast team. And so for me, when I painted up my 
my corset Iron Man, I painted him in the Silver Sphinx armor or close to mm-hmm. it as I could for the West Coast team. But I'm working on Hawkeye right now. I just finished painting my vision in the white scheme, which um, he he lost. He had all the color sucked out of him, uh, out of his outfit when um, he was disassembled by, I believe, the U.S. government uh, because they saw him as a threat. And then they rebuilt him. But when they rebuilt him, his personality didn't the matrix that they got from wonder man yes i'm getting into weird comic weeds here kids. sorry <laughs> anyway he didn't have his personality um when they rebuilt him so um he figuratively kept himself as you know a blank slate and so he kept himself as pure like white or ivory yep. uh and so i painted my vision like that and so i have and now and while you hank pym isn't in the game Scott Lang is. And so uh, Ant-Man is on my painting table right now. And so I'm just looking at my team going, now I just need the Scarlet Witch. And I need someone to make a Mockingbird and or a Tigra. And I'm good. Uh, Or I just need a 3D print for Mockingbird that I can use like uh, Black Widow for or something like that. Right, yeah. Or Okoye or something like that, whatever. Um, Accounts as. But yeah, my West Coast Avengers team is slowly coming together. Very excited. That's Yeah, and that's super cool. I, I love the options that you can do with it. Yeah, yeah man. And I'm, I'm loving... I, one of the things that really got up my nose... Well, not up my nose, but one of the things that was kind of like a meh moment for me in the game was that you got... There was one pose... There was no reposing, really, not without some hard work. It was you got one pose, one variation for every model, and that was it. And so it was mm-hmm. kind of like for these characters that over time have so many costumes and have so many different variations and have so much personality, to have that one pose was kind of like, eh. And while they did a great job of like, you know, the Red Skull holding the cube and. Um, crossbones going to swing his fist at somebody or yeah. Modoc sitting in his little chair looking like he's about to blast someone with his uh you know his mind blessed i wanted i wanted the ability to have a little bit more variation i like to convert and that's again that's a scale i just don't have any parts to convert into um but with the starting with the x men kits really we're starting to see alternate poses in the kits. So Beast is holding on to like a girder, but you can have Beast without glasses, with glasses, reading a book, not reading a book. Wolverine with his mask on, not wearing his mask on. And Scott with the different uh, style. The hood or uh, this hair sticking out. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, yes, this is what I want. And so, uh, and Deadpool apparently comes with like five heads and multiple ways to pose his legs. Um, In one of which he's doing like a curtsy on top of a bazooka smoke trail. It's just bizarre. But, you know, for those of us who just want Deadpool running at someone, apparently if you get put one of his heads on and stick him directly onto the base... No problems. It looks like he's yeah. charging at someone. So yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. And 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 I love that about the game too. That they're they're doing all the big names from the movies and mm-hmm. stuff too. But they're they're giving you some of the other uh, yes. some of the other options. I love that they announced She Hulk. Yes. I, I love that she is this early. And I say early, and they've got like what forty models now. Something like that. Yeah. Maybe it not would be close many. to that. They got a lot. It's, got, it's, it's a lot. 
but this i would still consider this very early like they're still just scratching the surface mm-hmm. and they're already doing things like she hulk so yeah and and that to me is just awesome well i've said it I, once I and i'll they... say it again man modok who would have thunk yeah right and it was yeah. like the second model outside of the core game they released what modok yeah um yeah but yeah man she hulk how good I, I mean i want i want jessica for my tabletop like now and yeah, she's she's on the hot list. But um, uh, Ghost Rider, I mean, yes, like Ghost I knew Rider. Ghost Rider would come eventually. But wow, right? Yeah, and it's a cool model. I, I really, uh, I'm a sucker for the Spider Verse characters, mm-hmm. the Miles Morales and uh, Ghost Spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, my kids kids watched that movie and, and loved it. So oh, yeah, uh, uh, Web Slinger team is definitely on my list to do. But yeah. Uh, you know, all apologies to my kids. I love them dearly. But when I saw X-Men coming out, it's like, I, I really got to start there. No, exactly. I just have to. And there's some. Silent Archangel. Hell oh, yeah. Well, with, make red. with Mr. Sinister, right? Speaking of characters yeah. I wasn't expecting. Uh, hopefully that means we're leading into, you know, a, Mr. Sinister and Cable and Domino. Hopefully that means we're leaning towards Apocalypse coming. And with Apocalypse, Archangel. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, oh, if we get one, we'll yep. get the other, we'll get the other, we'll get the other. Yeah, man. And and, and I hate to say it, like, I, I kind of, it's a double-edged sword. Like, I fear what it would actually cost, oh, but God, I would love yeah. to see them do a Sentinel. Oh, right. So they've announced coming, there is a Sentinel, uh, like, ch- a mission pack, pa- a challenge, something, or like the Vibranium heist, but the price point on it's, way too low to actually include a sentinel if if the yeah. if the pre-order catalog is right and so <clears throat> it might just be like a mission pack or it might be like a store event i don't know what it'll be but i'm excited i yeah. want to see i want yeah right because the second they announce the x-men the very next thought is sentinels yes marauders yes. uh and that's the other thing you get mr sinister can i have the marauders please um, yeah, I you know reading the mutant massacre as a kid, it was like, oh my god, give me more of this, um, <laughs> more of this, sir, please. Uh, and having just reread it as an adult, my god, does it stand up? So, and not <clears throat> not all the West Coast Avengers comics do. Ugh, sad. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but no. Uh, would, so, uh, sorry, go ahead. I I was gonna say I would really like to see them start including uh, like grunts. You know, yeah. Like if I run uh, Red Skull, I'd love to have just uh, some Hydra goons. You know, mm-hmm. you know, do a nice themey, themey kind of list with uh, Red Skull and Crossbones, and then just you know, Hydra goon Dudes. one, two, and three. Or yeah, uh, you know, if they ever get around to um, uh, Doctor Doom and the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, I'd love to see some Doombots and right, or some of Ultron's buddies. Yeah, yeah, the Ultron replicas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of possibility. You could do the same thing with Iron Man too, right? Oh, the, yeah. the extra suits. You so. could. Yeah, man. Lots. No, I agreed. Now they said they're not going to do grunts, but with the Deadpool box, they started the um, you get Hydra Bob, so who is just a Hydra grunt that became Deadpool's sidekick. Um, but I believe they said in the panel to play that he can be used in the, uh, 
the quote unquote Hydra faction, um, mm. the cabal. And so if that's the case, you better believe that Hydra Bob's going to be on the table every single time I feel Red Skull or Zemo or anyone else from Hydra just to be like, yes, that please more of it. Yeah. But exactly. I mean, I think one of the cool things, and I think just to touch on something you said earlier, is some of the the cool quote unquote B sides that you get in some of the in the box set. Now, clearly, sometimes you get, you know, you get the big draw character, and then like Thor, you'll get Valkyrie. Now, Valkyrie's a great character. Valkyrie's been around forever. Valkyrie's in the MCU, yes, but Valkyrie probably would have never been in her own box, um, just right. from a sales standpoint. But it means that characters like, you know, every, you know, clearly Daredevil, popular character. Again, very excited for that release. But I was also excited that with Daredevil, you got his B-side, which was Bullseye. And if you read the Daredevil comics, you're going to get, you're going to love Bullseye, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, man, some of those B-sides are phenomenal. Like, like you were saying, when are you going to get Toad? Like as cool as Toad might be in the game, Toad, meh. Or mm-hmm. when would people? I mean, they've made Taskmaster amazing in the game, but I was a massive Taskmaster fan from the comics as a kid. To have ta- like I actually, and I was a massive Punisher fan because my best friend was only allowed to read one comic, and that was the one comic, of course, he bought because <laughs> his parents yeah. like comics are too violent. And he was like, "Well, I'm going to lean into that and buy Punisher." Thank you. Um, not to mention, they never figured out that the Punisher and Punisher War Journal were separate comics. Um, so he bought two for one. Uh, clever. Uh, so, But for me, I was like, yeah, Punisher, Punisher, Punisher. And then I found out it was Punisher and Taskmaster, and I actually went, you know, I'm not going to lie. On the day, I may have bought that box for the Taskmaster, not the Punisher, uh, because I wanted a Taskmaster in my villains team. And then I found out how good he was and went, ooh, um, not that I've really played the game, but right, Taskmaster, so cool. Just what, I, I, I yeah. love so far just about everything that they're doing with it. Yeah. It and and it's funny too, like you're talking about painting the scale, like going from uh, twenty eight to to Legion. You know, painting the uh, Harry Potter miniatures for me was like a mm-hmm. nice little break. You get to focus on one. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I'm kind of at my limit of painting blacks and grays. Yes. So uh, my my next my next miniatures for that game need to have some color in them, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's so crazy to see the difference between Atomic Mass and just the cool depth that they're doing, the way they're doing the release schedule, and then you balance mm-hmm. that and you look at night models. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, I can't Who tell you who used to have the yeah. Marvel right mm-hmm. a ways back. I've seen some of those models are still available too. So mm-hmm. uh, hashtag, some- I just painted the thing for my MCP. Right. Counts as right. Hulk. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for that matchup. I may That's have, be so cool. I may have bought the thing because I didn't want to paint my Hulk. <laughs> counts as a Hulk, right? Uh, probably not the best counts as ever, but I got, a, I have a painted thing. Um, ironically, you know, the thing I think maybe was my first fully painted model for MCP. Awkward. Um, given that he was a night model, not a, a uh, atomic mass model, but yeah. It works. It still works. But yeah, man, I'm just going back because, uh, you know, painting the G.I. Joe stuff, again, you know, I was painting each character individually. And so, 
you know, each person had different colored pants and everyone's wearing a winter jacket. So their jackets are all white. Their pants are in their boots are all slightly different colors based on what the action figures had and their hats and their berets and helmets and rifles. Like everyone's got slightly different color schemes, but it was still quote unquote modern military colors. But then to like sit down with, you know, Iron Man and like get into the heavy duty reds to get into the Hulk. And when was the last time I used snot green for anything? It was cool. <laughs> right. So much fun. Yeah. Oh. The quintessential GW base color from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, Goblin Green, man. I can't tell you how many pots yep. of that I've gone through over the years. But uh, yep. back when basing was simple. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. I, and, and speaking of colors, you know, I, I complain about blacks and grays or drabs for the World War II stuff. But remind me of that when I'm neck deep in my next batch of Napoleonics <laughs> and uh, can't stand painting red and white anymore. I hear you, brother. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. It's vicious. It is, man. It gets you every time. Well, speaking of um, things that have caught the eye, so to speak, uh, actually, one of the games that I've been playing in remote, um, and it's something I picked up when I was, like, the year before, uh, when Battletech rebooted last year, 2019, I believe it was. Um, they came out with the new plastic models and a new core game and a new beginner set. And you got and they released nine of the uh, some of the original models from the original game uh, in new plastic forms. And I bought uh, quite a few of those and I painted a bunch of them up and I absolutely loved it. But I was playing it by myself. Um, now I, I have found a few people to play locally now, but for a while I was just playing when I, you know, I wanted to play Battletech. It was Battletech was one of my first loves as a game system. Um, and so I played the hell out of that uh, as a kid. But weirdly, I couldn't always get someone to play with when I was a, when I was first starting out. And so I would often play Battletech solo. So for me, Battletech is always been a little bit of a solo game um and so last year i was playing some solo battle tech this year during lockdown um it's actually since i now have two painted forces uh because one of the things i did was paint a, a another couple of lances of um mechs during first lockdown so I've been playing some BattleTech, uh, but I, I did regret missing the Kickstarter when the kick when the big BattleTech Kickstarter happened. Everyone jumped on, and it was the Clan Invasion Kickstarter, and there were all these newfangled Intersphere Max and Omni Max and everything else. I missed out because I was dead broke at the time, and um, yeah, was sad about that. It was like, yeah, you know, I'm not really a Clan guy, but um, you know, I, I really wouldn't have minded some of the new, like the new archer the new marauder or the new mm -hmm. um you know any of those riflemen uh love warhammer, that one warhammer right? yeah the iconic warhammer and was going yep cool kind of sad and uh this week when i was coming home from work one day i got a message from a friend who sent me a picture from the local shop and while i missed the kickstarter my local friendly gaming store didn't and I didn't know nice. and it was the same day that my parents said hey we're not going to be able to send you anything this year because of COVID uh, I'm going to transfer you a little bit of Christmas money instead so you buy yourself something to stick under the Christmas tree and Sweet. I got that message and then I got the other message and went <laughs> I'm going to go to the game store 
And there was an angelic chorus, oh. a beam of sunshine shone yeah. upon you. Yeah. <laughs> I just I heard the singing and went, yep, I'm on it. Got to the FLGS, uh, and yeah, it was, as promised, it was like everything from the Kickstarter was on the shelf. And uh, you know it's bad when you buy enough things that um, they give, they're like, oh, you get a free thing. And I was like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, here's a challenge coin and some dice. And I was like, oh. I guess I did buy a bunch. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess I now have a I have uh, clan forces now. Um, didn't know how that happened. Uh, <laughs> you look around. Twenty seven Omni Mechs later. Um, I I will tell you I am I am incredibly jealous. I will confess when that when that Kickstarter first got announced, I was pretty keen on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was waffling how much to put into it, and then yeah. I just was I was what you could. Sign into Kickstarter and just watch yes. the number climb and climb and climb. I, I have never seen that on a Kickstarter before. Mm-hmm. Actually worried that it was going to fail. Yes, you know, that, right? That broke, like, mm-hmm. broke records, and I thought it was too big to succeed. And while there were delays like any other Kickstarter, mm-hmm. I, I have to give an amazing uh, tip of the hat to the Catalyst folks for right? making that actually happen reasonably well. Yeah, man, you actually jumped to, and, on my next point because, you know, I was sitting there kind of sour grapes that I didn't get in on it because I was broke going, you know, this is, you know, it's probably all for the best because Kickstarters don't always work out. And, you know, this is too, this is too big. It can't, it literally can't, like, I want to be positive about this. It just can't, yep. it can't work. And as you say, there have been delays, COVID slash massive Kickstarter, but as you say, man, hats off to Catalyst. They have absolutely delivered. And my God, you know, it, as a kid, when I was playing Battletech and they came out with those cheap plastic versions of the Macs that were Ugh. just awful, uh, I bought them, I opened them up as a kid, and I wanted to be excited about them. And I literally just put them back in the box. And they yeah. never... I. They've never seen the light of day since. They're at my parents' house, I think, to this day, or they may have even thrown them away. They were so bad. Um, so, but these. I don't know if you know this. So good. Yeah. The uh, the metal BattleTech minis still exist. Oh yeah. Iron Wind metal. Iron Wind out of the mm-hmm. states. Yeah. I don't know if everybody knows that that's that's still around, but I've ordered some because I actually play a, a game called Crimson Skies that was also done mm-hmm. by. Fasa mm-hmm. back in the day, and Ironwind still carries the miniatures for that. Oh, do they? Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the shipping cost is 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 a little. You know, it gives you a, a choke moment because you know it's just mm-hmm. heavy metal, but uh, it, it's good to still be able to get that. What I do like though is the the quality on these new mechs. I love mm-hmm. that they're to scale. Yes, I love. That the Atlas is bigger. Yes, I love that the Daishi is is bigger and and just mm-hmm. ah, it's it's so super cool. I'm I'm a little sad I didn't get in on the Kickstarter, but um, you know, I'd yeah, rewind the tape here and just I've got a little bit of a backlog anyway, so mm-hmm. um, I, I still have two boxes of uh, Inner Sphere mechs to paint, much less adding uh, mm-hmm. adding clan mechs to that. So it'll happen though. That that much I know. Yeah, man. Well, it got me when I when I got those mechs and I pulled them out. I was going, ooh. Now I have the inner. I have these inner sphere mechs that I didn't have before, and I started looking at some of my old uh, supplements, and I was going, 
oh God, I'm going to go down the weirdest historical game rabbit hole here and was thinking, do I, do I try and paint the uh, late fourth succession war, Kell Hounds uh, <laughs> regiment or, you know, regiment first company. Like I think I have most of the models for that. Or do I go to the classic gray death Legion company models from the, you know, from the second book, Ooh, what do I do here? Do I just paint my own thing? What do I, if I do that, I need to go out and buy a Jenner model or I need to find someone to trade me a shadow Hawk. Ooh. And I'm going, all right, what did, what just happened? Like, how did, how did that happen? I think too many years of like bolt action playing historically, all of a sudden I'm going, Ooh, how do I, how do I make, how do and both? I mean, Battletech's always been sort of a a historical game, a historical game for a history that never was. Right. Right. But yeah. Sorry, I cut so, you off there. No, and, and and that's one of the things that's really weird about Battletech. When I did pick up the box and I started, you know, laying out, I'll, I'll paint these for one side and these for the other. Now, what the hell do I paint them? You right? know, like, because yeah. there is that history of all the different wars, the different, even the, just the different stages of the clan invasion mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. And I, there's, there's groups out there who, you know, you... They'll, they'll post a picture, a guy will say, you know, I finally painted these and they represent this lance of this regiment on this planet in mm-hmm. this year. And it's impressive that there are people that have that depth of knowledge. That is not me. Yeah. Uh, the first mech I painted, I was like, all right, so Draconis Combine, I will go with the stereotypical red. red exactly. And then there's red. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll do the whole thing in red. Mm-hmm. Perhaps boring, yes. But it looked, you know, the end result was cool. So that's right. And then yeah, the not, cockpit not the is a nice contrasting out. blue. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. And I, I was, I was thinking about like doing. Uh, it, it was funny. Like, oh yeah, no, another game that I can get out of my rut of uh, drab World War II colors. Ooh, I'll paint these House of the Owl with the green and the the tan camouflage. Yes. Nope. I need to not paint another camouflage. <laughs> no, right? But that was, I was thinking the same thing when I was looking at the Gray Death. I was like, oh, I loved reading these as novels. Like, really want to do it. And then I took a really good, hard look at the paint scheme and realized it's urban camo and was like, oh, oh no. I, I, no. But so when I painted the models earlier this year, I thought I would experiment with. Uh, contrast paints and so it was the very first time I used contrast and I painted nine mechs two lances and a extra to rotate in and out Um, but I used the white and so I spray painted them all white used the apothecary I think is what it is the contrast paint and then dry brushed up several whites put some extreme highlight whites on the edges and then just painted in the detailing and went oh that was really nice that was mm-hmm. that was really fast for me. But then, you know, after doing that, I'm like, ooh, I can paint Battletech like this all day. Because the models <laughs> have so many, though they have flat edges, unlike Space Marines, for example, which have huge flat plates with Or some... large G.I. Joe vehicles. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, I look, I'd leave my G.I. Joe vehicles out of this, mister. But there's there's large flat plates and then the the gaps between them where you can put detailing in with the battle tag models because they are you know giant robots with giant plates on them but they're shrunk down to tiny tiny little size um there's just tons and tons and tons of little grooves and spots where armor plates come together that collects 
that and really makes it really yep. easy. But if you're going to edge highlight that, like that might be a road that I'm afraid to crawl down uh, because of the way I paint and the speed I paint at. I may never get out of painting one mech if I do that, let alone a lance, <laughs> let alone more than a lance. It's like, yeah. So, but um, yeah. speaking of figuring out how to play this game, um, I picked up the BattleTech Alpha Strike rules. They, with the Kickstarter stuff, they've kicked out a new edition of that, which is the quote unquote modernized, streamlined version of BattleTech, allowing you to play, you know, heaven forbid, a couple of lances against one another and have it not take six hours or right. like to be able to play a company on company action where you, you know, both sides have like 12 max and you don't need to spend your weekend doing it. Um, because right. you know, BattleTech, as awesome as the IP is as amazing as, you know, the mechs are, uh, and everything else that I know and absolutely adore with the game. It is very much an eighties rule set, right? Uh, it's a little bit on the simulator side on hexes and mm -hmm. the way that it all works. But I am, and that's part of the appeal to me, like the old nostalgia, but, and the, and the basic core game has not changed largely since it came out. In, yeah, I know, and that's one of the best things about it, Right? Yes. Um, for better or for worse. Um, that said, you know, having played uh, one of the game, one of the three games I played this year was Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader, the original one, and <clears throat> all respect and love to Rick Priestley, I've done a whole episode on it. Um that hurt to play that that did not yeah. that did not fill me with like it was great for nostalgia but at the end i was like yep i'm not doing that again for a while um i think battletech may play better um at least it's a lot clearer uh i mean clearly yeah. people are still playing it to this day uh however i am very keen to try alpha strike i don't know how i don't know where i don't know who with but um it it yeah I'm excited to try that out and to see BattleTech faster. Also, not on grid, so you get yeah. to right, not on hexes. You're playing it like on a tabletop. So, so and, and it's funny you mentioned that because back, you know, a decade or two ago, my buddies and I were playing BattleTech. Uh, we would play actually on a ping pong table. Nice. We would set that up with scenery, and mm -hmm. you just use all the ranges as inches. Yeah. Um, and I think you multiplied them by two or three, depending on the size of the table. Mm -hmm. And and so we would play like full full ping pong size table. We'd have like 10 mechs out there. That was amazing. So I'm really curious to see if Alpha Strike is similar to that experience. It seems like it's even more streamlined than that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see how it plays out. Like if, if it's still as fun even when you're just like cranking through all the all the turns and everything. So now in the in the 80s there was a game called I believe Battle Force and it was like every miniature every well every cardboard little thing that you put down on the table instead of being a single mac was a lance. And so you would move and it was to simulate larger combats. Mm -hmm. Um and from what I understand, and though I owned Battle Force, uh, and I read it, and I loved the fluff as part of my loving everything of BattleTech in the '80s, I never played it. Um, and I, from reading through the Alpha Strike rules, it feels very much like they took BattleTech and Battle Force and sort of 
and and modernized them at the same time, hmm. but like merged the streams and then deviated in a more modern direction. So it feels it feels good. Plus, you know, when you buy the new BattleTech models, you get a card for Alpha Strike for every model that you have. So like a lot of modern war games, Marvel Crisis Protocol, for example, <laughs> every model on the tabletop has its own little card. And so again, that feels a lot more modern rather than having yeah. the, the, the A4 photocopied sheet where you're filling in little bubbles. Um, <sighs> I kind of miss that. Oh, it's good, man. It is good. Gotta say. <laughs> yeah. But that is Back very in the day, 80s. we got into the whole like designing your own mech stuff, too. Oh, God, so yes. You'd take the full sheet, and you'd have to like white out all the, mm-hmm. all the dots that you're using and things like that. Man, oh. So many memories. That's right. <laughs> Back in the day. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to playing uh I think that's my short list. Uh I'm I'm very much looking forward to playing some more or playing some MCP on the school holidays. I know I have some games of that lined up. And I'm definitely gonna be painting and probably playing some more Battletech soon. It's just so much fun to play like as a palette yeah. cleanser. Uh Bot War, I've been you know, I got ready to play was all set and then covid lockdown happened so that's definitely happening too need my giant robots 80 style uh and i'm not sure what else um i'm gonna start there and see what happens i know there's a lot of other games i've really wanted to play um don't look back i mean clearly we just did an episode on that at halloween and i was super excited and i got the core game and then school restarted and then life went um but yeah there's a bunch of games i'm dead keen to play um, Blood Bowl. I just got the new box set. Want to do that? I've been playing the PlayStation Four version of that, and um, I'm terrible. Like really, really, <laughs> really bad. Like the like it's not every day. Yeah, everyone talks about how the computer isn't great in that game. Yeah, I lose every time. Like badly. Nice. I'm so bad at Blood Bowl. Uh, but you know, whatever. It's fun. Uh, so I'm looking to play in a little of that. I don't know. A lot of good games. Um, are you now? You guys, Chicago, uh, not lockdown. Lockdown. The U.S. is sort of a weird limbo oh, of what is, what isn't, yeah. what's going around. I, I know that you're not running out there to play in a bunch of events, kind of thing. I don't think there's many events to plan. Are are there things that you are now that, for example, I know that you've just finished a bunch of school. Um, I know you still have lots of other, plenty of other things like home repair and family yeah. and you know a job to do. Um, are you hoping to get any games of anything else in anytime soon? Hoping Definitely, to? yeah. So talking talking about short list. So I've got two buddies who have early war Americans for bolt action, nice. and I sort of conned both of them into expanding their forces to keep playing more of these uh, inexperienced. Uh, I, I really mm-hmm. I am desperate to figure out how to beat these armies. It it blows my mind that I'm losing to in, in, inexperienced armies. Dude, inexperienced Americans are not a joke. For the record, no, oh, they the, are amazing. The yes. last time I got tabled in bolt action was to inexperienced Americans. They are yep. not a joke. No, so I've got two games of bolt action lined up with my Italians versus uh, uh, you know two two really good buddies. Uh, I definitely want to get some crisis protocol in, and mm-hmm. then. Um, we are talking. Uh, we're starting the planning stages now about a Frostgrave campaign because uh, nice. it's no secret Frostgrave is, in my opinion, 
quite possibly the most perfect miniatures game I've mm-hmm. played. And uh, I have not had a chance to run out the new rules yet. That so was my next question. Uh, yep. Yeah, a couple of us uh, fanatics here in the Chicago area are uh, planning a miniature campaign with uh, a few different war bands. So it, and it's neat to see some of the newer players in the group too are like, oh, I have to paint my wizard in my war band. And a couple of us are like, hmm, do I take this war band that I already have painted or this one or this one yep. or this one? Or... or this one, yeah. Maybe I should start a new one. So I'm lucky in that I have enough that I don't have to start a new war band. But yeah, getting Frostgrave 2 out on out on the table is... Uh, is uh, definitely a plan. I was going to say, Morgan Freeman's hanging out in the wings if you want to say yeah. the, 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 the faithful words, oh, I'll just paint a couple of models. Yeah. That's what I said about Italians. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, and, and I have to say, too, uh, a really neat thing is, uh, uh, so, so when, I, when I was in high school, I moved, and my new friends introduced me to role-playing games. Mm-hmm. And that dominated my life for many, many years. Uh, my son, out of nowhere, uh, maybe two months ago, came up with this dungeon uh, dungeon runner game. He made it, he even made himself a little game master screen, and awesome. uh, he draws out dungeons on grid paper. And you know, yeah, it's it's like a combination of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and Zelda, because you know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you find a chest this type of treasure in it and you yeah. find a chest with this type of treasure and uh so he's actually been running that for my wife uh some of his cousins his friends and stuff like that so uh, i also broke out my earth dawn rule book and started oh, wow. running a little miniature earth dawn campaign for him because mm-hmm. um, you know in that that proud dad moment as he's creating his own game and uh you know, I was trying to teach him about all the different other things that there are in uh, uh, sword and sorcery type role-playing games, too. So I see a lot of that happening over the holidays. Oh, that's awesome, man. Enjoy that. That'll be awesome to play. And, I, you know, while I don't have children of my own, um, I know there's a meme out there of, um, you know, somebody talking or a, a, it was a Twitter post that somebody screenshotted where people, you know, the, this a uh, person was talking to a child and was like, oh, well, what's the new Fortnite character? And they're like, oh, Fortnite, that's last week's news. Uh, have you ever heard of this hot new game? It's called Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and yeah, I was I was meeting, so as a teacher, we meet our kids for the following year um, at the end of each school year. It's part of the step up into the next year level, how you prepare kids for being in the next year. And so I've met my class for next year. Uh, I met them this week, and uh, there was a kid in the class who was, you know, a little nervous, um, didn't know all the kids in the class, was a little, you know, was kind of doing his own thing in the corner because we were making decorations for lockers and things like that. You know, we'd, we'd done the the talk. We've Kids made PowerPoints about themselves, um, hmm. you know, just getting to know you activities. And then we were making the, the end of the day, kids are tired, you know, everyone's excited. Um, we make name tags for their lockers and a kid's drawing a dragon and i'm looking at it going oh you know what that looks a lot like uh, a bit of art from uh, the covering of a game i used to play and he was like oh yeah mr morton this isn't a video game and i was like yeah i i, I know that isn't a video game <laughs> and he went well, what do you know about i was like i'm sorry what do you know about D?" and he was like you know what D is and i was like 
yeah, I know what Dungeons and Dragons are. And he's like, oh my God. And it was like, and yes. meanwhile, half the kids, because I've taught the year level previously, I, I know these guys. Or I know, sorry, not, not the year level, but I know the kids. Half the kids are like, dude, he's the biggest nerd here. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, you you know what a and d is? And I was like, yes, I know what D&D is. And for the next 10 minutes, this kid just lost his mind and was going, yep. oh, oh, my 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 character is this. I'm on this level. And da, 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 da. And I was going, yes, yes, I know this. Um, but it was that moment of a silly adult. You don't know what D&D is. It's a hot new game. And I was like, son, sit down. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> Let me drop a knowledge bomb on you right there. Back in my day. Yeah, exactly. Let me pull out the old man chair and have a seat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's cool. And, and I love that that, that is growing to not just yeah. video games. Right? You know, video games are cool, but I like that that creativity is growing as well. Yeah, man. Yeah, and speaking of video games, I may have just bought cyberpunk 2077 we'll see how much that sucks of my life but yeah. uh, after a long school year un unplugging and jacking in so to speak and uh you know into the in it feels very william gibson from the 90s so in late 80s so right. again wheelhouse late 80s that's where i live anyway <sighs> it's true it's true yeah well seamus it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on man um and just talk shop it it has been far too long since a we've talked and b since this podcast has done anything so uh again having you on has been perfect for uh just breaking the ice and uh yes guys at home it's thank you thank you for joining us um and it you know welcome back we're back. Um, we will be back to the weekly show. I'm not sure which show will be out next week, uh, but I'll be on vacation, so I don't care. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be a Christmas surprise. Uh, oh yeah, it's going to be fun. But again, Seamus, thank you so much for coming on, man. It is always a pleasure My talking pleasure. with you, brother. Oh, likewise. And uh, I guess there's only now, one thing. Yep, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say now. Now it's a race to see who can paint Cyclops first. Oh man. Pretty sick <laughs> Oh, you're so much faster it's than not I a am. race. It's not a race. I need at least three months to paint one model. Yeah. <laughs> we that's have a joke. Been. Yes. That's me. Um, but yeah. So I guess that is the net and that is my last question for you. So Seamus, anything that you're excited about that you've asked for for under the tree that you might uh, be getting? I am a horrible gift receiver, and as long as my wife and kids enjoy the holiday, that is really all I care about. Yeah, there you go. Yes. I hear you, brother. It's lame, but it's, I don't. I, I'm. It, it's weird to open things and then, you know, having to gauge people's reactions and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's more about my kids are getting what they want and, and stuff like that. And I think this... Uh, this Christmas is going to be pretty fantastic for the family. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm getting other than the X-Men. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's enough. Now, man, my wife is a brilliant gift giver. So whatever she gives, is, I know I'm going to be excited and it's going to be rad. But uh, yeah, I know that, you know, not every year I get toy soldiers. But this year I'm getting some toy soldiers and it's going to be cool. I did have, um, I, I do joke that there is a... Um, Speaking of G.I. Joe, 
that, you know, there's the meme of it's been 37 years since I woke up and didn't get the USS flag on Christmas morning, uh, the GI Joe aircraft carrier. And, um, you know, I, I shared that meme on the page a couple of years ago and my mom was like, you know, you just had to ask for it. And I was like, oh, thanks, mom. Damn it, mom. <sighs> Forget my mom has the has the, the hobby page on her Facebook. Yep. Um, but I at one point uh, I had lined up someone who was going to print the USS flag for me in 156 scale. Um, oh and it was going to be my big Christmas present this year. Uh, and unfortunately, they went out of business due to COVID. So um, I'm getting the X-Men instead, which is equally exciting. But uh, yes. the U.S. flag will live another day. We'll see. We'll get it together. I will be an admiral one of these days. I didn't even know in the G.I. Joe community, like the, the U.S.S. flag is so expensive and such a, a big deal that you actually, there's like a, a collector's community. I mean, obviously for the G.I. Joe world there is a collector's community but within that there is like this exclusive collector's club um that is the admiral's club where is if you have a uss flag like it's it's a big deal and so oh yeah and i've only heard of one uss flag in australia and a friend of mine has it the bastard uh his parents got it for him from the u.s because he desperately wanted one. And um, can you imagine like the props, like not only to get the USS flag, the largest production toy ever in history, but to get one sent to Australia in the 80s. The shipping cost. Right? Not to mention getting it here, shipping cost by Christmas back in the 80s. Like I remember things taking months growing up in Japan. Um, mm-hmm. getting from the U.S. there. It just, everything was surface back then. How the hell they pulled that trick? Anyway, uh, one of these days, I'll be a member of the Admiral's Club. But until then, one I have day. plenty of G.I. Joe characters to paint. And so I guess it just comes down to what Casey says, right, Seamus? Uh, yeah, I can't remember that tagline. What is it again? Uh, yeah, what is that? When you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope that your dice roll hot. I hope your beverages are cold, but more than anything else, we at Cast Dice hope that you are having fun. Good night, guys. Stay safe out there.